0: Hello and welcome back to the Cock and Ball Podcast. My name's Tom, aka Fen. Today we've got a full quartet. I'm also joined by Ashley.
1: Hello. Hello.
0: And Jules. You're right, mates. And last but quite often least, Jim.
2: <laughs> Hello. Uh,
0: so now we're, we've uh, you've had about a week to get your heads around the sort of format that we're going for here, uh, as, as we lead you very neatly down the Tottenham High Road of conversation straight to Waterheim, where, at the weekend, uh, Spurs started the season, well, the season started, and I think that's the best we can say. So uh, we we went into the game full of a lot of hope and expectation. We've signed a lot of players. We've signed a lot of good players early in the window, which isn't like us. We had a seemingly more aggressive, more tactical approach, uh, and that kind of whetted our appetite in pre-season. Added to the fact that going into the game, Spurs have won their last four at home, which kind of teased us with turning the new wild lane into a bit of a fortress. Plus, Mourinho has won nine out of ten of his opening Premier League fixtures and the only other one he drew. So, how do you all feel about losing the opening fixture courtesy of a single Covert lewin header from a free kick?
3: <laughs> it, <wasn't>, it was <laughs> not an enjoyable match, was it? It was a reminder of back in the A V B days of just get the ball, pass it left, pass it right. Hopefully someone does something magic quite often didn't happen um there was just there was nothing in midfield no one trying to get the ball there's no creativity uh other than that it was all right though wasn't it <laughs> the
1: thing, thing is that game if I was to choose one word to describe it I just feel like who would do it justice uh, it was so awful to to watch and I I hate so many of our players coming out of it I already wasn't a fan of Harry Winks, and he's really done himself no favours in my book. And then you've got Lucas Moore chasing his touch around the pitch. And then finally, Deli Alli gets subbed off at half-time for lack of effort and called out by the manager. And this is meant to be the manager who's going to get the best out of him. So, yeah, as Ash says, a great start to the season.
2: Yeah, it was. And I, I was watching the highlights and just thinking, wow, Everton look really good here. There were
0: highlights? that and, um, well,
2: there were highlights, if you, as long as you're not a Spurs fan, um, mm. which is regrettable. Um, but I was watching it and thinking, well, Everton actually looked really good here. And then I couldn't quite figure out what wasn't quite right. And the more I looked, I realised all of their new signings, who, who had a really good game uh, collectively and individually, had so much space that you could put a housing estate between them and the, the Spurs lines. And you're just thinking, well, I wonder whether this is sort of a, a response to the financial pressures of, of COVID that Daniel Levy's decided that we can actually put a housing estate on the Spurs pitch. And <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as if Mourinho's players thought, let best not, best not bother going near that because there's going to be foundations there soon. It was just awful. Um, and if that's as good as it gets, then um, <laughs> the best I'm he can I'm be hosting for is nothing. The most disappointed season.
3: player out there was, uh, was Wings, wasn't it? I, I, I know Jules mentioned it, but he just reminded me of... It's like the relationship I have with him. It's like trying to rekindle an old flame. It's never quite meets the same expectation as you had for him, but you give it a go anyway, don't you? <laughs> and it takes a while before you realise that it's a bit boring and, and nothing special is actually going to come out of it.
0: Watching uh, All or Nothing, and uh, there's the, the current scene. It's not really a spoiler because Harry Winks is just going around a care home <laughs> uh, and he's just trying to—he's just trying to speak to them, and they're trying to speak to him back, and it, it's all very difficult. And um, one of them's just going, "Oh, he's so cute. Oh, you're lovely and cute." And that is essentially what Harry Winks brings at the moment, uh, and, and very little else. And it—it was it just—it was just a shocking reminder of, w- of where we've come from. Um, almost full circle back to Avb, who was essentially. Uh, the Mourinho Prado-Jay because I I was watching it with Jules he was was actually watching it on my phone he didn't add Um, (laughs) but um, it was very nice for my mum as well to midway through the first half ring me up to say that she couldn't get on to watch my Now TV so I am watching (laughs) Now TV on my phone and my mum rings me and then had the cheek at the end of the conversation to ask me how my holiday had been so Um, what happened was we got back into King's Cross and we sort of first of the second half that started, it was nil-nil, uh, and I contemplated going to a uh, socially distant pub to watch the second half. And whilst I was stood outside the front of King's Cross watching it on my phone, the goal happened, and rather correctly, I chose that staring at the floor on the Piccadilly line was actually a far better option to spend my afternoon. And what was interesting from Josie's comments afterwards was um, he bemoaned the positioning of the free kick that that essentially wasn't where the foul happened, but surely you training your team to defend a free kick from absolutely any position anywhere—that is never ever
1: an excuse for me. I, yes. I actually didn't didn't worry so much about conceding that goal um, simply because I think Calvert Lewin's fantastic in the air, and the the cross in is a is a it's brilliant delivery. Like so, like I don't think there's anything wrong with you know you're going to concede goals across the season, and that's a high quality goal. The problem for me was the lack of reaction afterwards and the fact that we never looked like scoring really. And I mean, the only t- chance we got was basically when we, we, we counted up the pitch. Um, and that's not a sustainable way of going about trying to, uh, trying to sort of score, you know, 80 odd, say, lead, league goals in a season.
3: No, I don't think Jose helped us out at all. She's obviously identified that Deli Ali was not getting anywhere in the middle. But he ended up passing Kane around like a village bike. He had four partners by the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's never going to build a relationship up there, is he? And to, just, to, just to take off um, Ali in the middle at half time to bring on Sissoko to try and play a more intelligent game, it's just absolutely crazy. And I'll never forgive him for that, to be honest. Uh,
2: yeah, I sort of agree with both in the sense that it was a really good goal in its own right, it's a sort of Duncan Ferguson-esque um, header, which is obviously why Calvert lewin scored it, because right that's who's, who's been teaching him how to do that. But at the same time, yeah, it, it all just looked bitty and disorganised, and it looked like a, a bunch of players that never played together before. And also, the other thing that was really stood out for me was Spurs just looked unfit. Um, and that's not the first time that that's happened. With Jose, it happened at Chelsea as well, particularly in his second spell, where it all started to go wrong. They just looked completely unfit, and it took them a month or so to to kick on. And uh, Spurs can't afford to do that. Uh, and and then his his comments afterwards were really interesting. Cause I, I, I've watched it and thought this isn't quite like the standard Jose making excuses and it all going wrong pattern, because he sort of recognised what the problems were and seemed almost. Defiant in a way rather than just pointing the finger. But I sort of thought about them, thought, well, actually, if you're saying your players aren't pressing well enough and they're not fit enough, well, whose fault's that? If you choose to tell your players not to press and then you're disappointed when they don't press... He hit a pretty,
1: of big, issue.
2: <laughs> you hear the pretty big mirror. I mean, Jersey's teams have never really pressed, so I'm not sure why but he suddenly decided that's a problem.
3: <laughs> that's the weird thing because you can see—I don't know if you've been watching the uh, the All Enough Nothing documentary. I'm sure you have. Um, but in almost in every episode, there's a clip of him in the change room saying, "Come on, guys, you've got to press. You've got to want it." And then two seconds later, there's a clip of no one pressing, but also they're not—they're not in that a good defensive shape either. So you see there's a massive gap between the midfield, which essentially quite often ends up being a flat four, um, and, and the back four, well, back three, because Aurier is wherever he wants to be. Um, so there's that massive gap, but at the same time, we're not pressing. So teams are just passing the ball around us with, with
1: ease, quite frankly. I would say as, as well, Ash, and um... That feels very edited, that, that yeah. the amount of emphasis there on how he's supposedly telling them to press when he's spent the best part of the last 14 years playing a low block and refusing to leave his own defensive third feels like someone in the, in the Amazon Prime documentary team has thought, ooh, let's, uh, let's <laughs> nip this one in the bud, shall we? OK, it's just the same clip. They're just playing in every episode. I'd <laughs> <laughs> also just... One, one thought... We've mentioned AVB a couple of times. In a way, if you're going to play AVB football, is it not then perfect genius that Daniel Levy wants to bring back Bale, who was so good under AVB? Maybe this is the move. Maybe he's, Daniel Levy's the genius amongst us all. He's seen the opportunity.
0: Every, everybody's a genius in hindsight. <laughs> so what is the solution then? Clearly, there's, the team press doesn't work. Uh, And defensively, we've still not quite got the shape. What is the solution? Obviously, we saw Ndombele come on. And he looked bright in places, but also sometimes a little bit too conservative, almost as if someone has been coaching him to not be as... or take as many risks as we'd like him to take. But So, how do we fix this? I think
3: the problem we had was... Winks and it's always, always we always seem to have this conversation that Winks and someone else doesn't work as a partnership. So I mean, the common denominator here is that Winx <laughs> just isn't good enough really, isn't it? Um, but that Hoiberg is a player that we brought in to intercept and to break up play. And I found him quite high up the pitch, quite often not doing either of those two things. Mm. Um, I think if we put someone next to him, who is going to be the creative source that's going to make those runs forward. And we just ask Hoyerberg to sit deeper, to marshal that um, that midfield, and to provide that shield our defence hasn't had for about three years now. That, I think that will go a long way. So ultimately, ultimately as well, we need to keep the ball better to protect the defence as well. If we're just giving them the ball, how many times did we string together 10 passes seemed
1: quite rare from memory. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with all that. And, Fen, you you mentioned Ndombele, who you know I've got a soft spot for. Um, It took Ndombele 15 minutes to play four times as many passes forward as Winks did in 60. And if Winks is small and not... If he's not good at the defensive side of the game and he's not good at the offensive side of the game... Then, what is he other than a local boy? If you want another local boy, let's just go find another one. Like, like there's plenty of them in North London. Like, Jesus. We've got skins on, on office Yeah, it's well. Norwich. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't it think was... that,
2: I suppose it's worth saying, though, it's not, it's not all doom and gloom. I think there were some good signs in there. I thought the Son was okay. Kane, despite, like you're saying, being battered pillar to post and not having anybody really to bounce off, was, was all right. Um God, he was good. Yeah. Dotty was very good, I thought. Um I mean, ultimately, ultimately yeah. it was a set piece, wasn't it? As well, that that took
3: us yeah. apart.
2: So, yeah, it's 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 one game, a bit of an insipid start, but it's not the end of the world. And um, I think you can read too much into one game, so uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too worried until weekend when it's all going to go wrong.
0: And ultimately, most of us have got either Calvert-Lewin or Dean in our fantasy football teams, so. If there is a yeah, silver exactly. lining, there is a multitude <laughs> of points on offer. And I have absolutely no Spurs players in my team this year because I just don't trust them. So coming up... I find it uh, funny that... Oh, go ahead, sorry. No, no, you've got something to say.
3: I was going to say, I just find it funny that uh, a, a 1-0 home loss to Everton prompted more from Daniel Levy than a 2-0 Champions League final loss to Liverpool in terms of actually getting some reinforcements in. Do
1: you reckon he's had just some sort of
0: aneurysm watching it? <laughs>
1: Ben, you talk about Daniel Levy, though. I reckon, um, I remember reading, if, if anyone doesn't follow, Swiss Ramble is uh, very good on Twitter for sort of understanding what actually goes on at football clubs and the money behind it. Um, and Tottenham last year basically had no, no cash flow with which to actually do anything. And this year, we, we restructured our loans to essentially give ourselves a lot more cash on the basis that we're good for it.
0: So Thursday night, we've got Plovdiv, uh, which I thought was a plumbing term uh, in the Europa League Bulgarian team. Uh, Jim, as I understand, as you were the only one here with any sort of worldly knowledge of the world and current affairs, uh, what is a Plovdiv? Uh,
2: Well, I thought I'd let you do that introduction um, and say it like that, because apparently I'm told by the good people of the internet that it's, Plovdiv, uh, so we're now like the sorts of people that say paella and chorizo, chorizo, yeah. chorizo for the win.
1: Don't go, oh. there. Don't go, my friend.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, locomotive Plovdiv, um, apparently known as the perennial underachievers of Bulgaria, who never win league titles, occasionally win. Uh, a second-rate League Cup uh, and have a brief foray into Europe. Um, Read into that what you will. Um,
0: Have you researched the right team here?
2: I can can see see a few uh, similarities. No, um, uh, fun fact, they're from the second city of Bulgaria, which is about the same size as Wakefield, only city (laughs) in England not to have a professional football club. Um, They're known as the Smurfs. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it leaves you feeling sad and blue at the end of it. Um, And I was going to offer you some really um, detailed and insightful tactical analysis of locomotive Plovdiv, but uh, I haven't got any, uh, except to say they do have a player brilliantly named Nikolai Nikolaev, which is, is strong. But just having a quick look at their profile, I don't think they've got anybody of any real pedigree. Uh, There's one guy that made a few brief appearances for Motherwell last season. Uh, Well, again, a a few parallels. The the only time, as far as I'm aware, that they've played an English side in Europe was 2006 when they played Bolton Wanderers. Um, The good sign for Spurs is Bolton at that point were... A team that played a low block uh, with a fairly insipid manager who had a reputation for playing miserable football. Had a few stars in the team that didn't really work as an eleven, and Bolton still won um, under I big Sam.
1: That team that Bolton team with Kevin Davis and like Kevin was Nolan there. was that? So it was Kevin Nolan and was it a culture as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, absolute player. Yeah, and then it all went wrong for them and they ended up in League 2. So, um, yeah, maybe the same will happen with Spurs, who knows? But um, they apparently don't have the resources of other Bulgarian heavyweights like Ludogorets and Levski-Sofia.
3: So, uh, I think it know Ludogorets. Yeah, Speaking of Ludogorets, I don't know if you saw the, um, the press conference that Jose uh, Mourinho did this morning. Um basically there was a Bulgarian uh, reporter there that said, What's the mood like in the camp after losing to Everton? And his uh, Jose's response was was probably the
1: same as the one in locomotive like, after he lost the Ludagretz. <laughs> <laughs> is there a more is there a more sort of like pedantic human being who just who just takes the bait at every stage than him? That is the honest question.
0: But, at it. least he's done it's some, some sort of like scouting it. by the looks of it. I mean, he's definitely just gone on, you know, who scored and looked at the player ratings, but
3: <laughs> I suppose it's better than, uh, better than nothing. Do you he's bit... standing there just the front with a whiteboard saying, right, they've got a 6.75 up front, a seven point <laughs> two <laughs>
2: <laughs> Depending on how you look at it, it's either a win-win or a lose-lose. If you go there and win, great, you've won, you're through to the next round. If you go there and lose, who cares, because it's the Europa League. So,
3: yeah, have a bit of fun with we'll it. Never, we'll never hear the end of it on Twitter, let's be honest. It'll be <laughs> the end of days. End
1: of <laughs> so, do you guys think we'll have uh, uh, Is it Sergio, Sergio Reguilón uh, as our left back by then? Maybe, well, he, can, maybe we'll he can take it. A back
0: back by, um, if this carries on, we will have a completely different squad by the time this goes to air. <laughs> because today it is Wednesday the 16th and we're recording. And Twitter, as I've not done any work today because I've just been refreshing Twitter trying to work out what on earth is happening. We've gone from being close to Bale, very close. And now Sky Sports are saying very, very close. And I'm not quite sure uh, where that yardstick
1: ends. And
2: I was just wondering whether the flag changes to Wales Golf Spurs in that order.
1: I think Bale wouldn't actually be the worst idea which I'm, I'm, that's about as sort of uh, as much as I'm going to back it.
3: Dummy with fake praise.
1: Well, someone's <laughs> got to warm on the bench for Lucas, haven't they? I guess the only, the only caveat that I'd give is if you, if you think about, a lot of people have pointed out his wages and that he'd probably, we'd probably pay him 300 grand a week. Mm. But if it's two years on 300 grand a week and there's no fee, actually the total sort of outlay for the club is sort of similar to if you if you bought even Perisic or something um, so it's not actually the worst thing financially it's just more can he still run and is he going to be able to keep up but he would seem like a natural fit on the right hand side cutting in so who knows certainly
2: wouldn't be the worst signing I don't know what it means for the Squad harmony and and things like you know it's well known that Harry Kane doesn't earn as much at Spurs as he could do elsewhere. Uh, if you bring Bale in on three hundred thousand a week, if you're delhi or Harry Kane, or anybody like that, and you go, oh, hang on a minute, what about me? uh You could quickly, <laughs> a pretty expensive transfer could could very quickly end up being even more expensive. But mm. but you know who knows it's. Um, He's obviously not happy At Madrid wants to leave. They want rid of him. Him coming back to Spurs wouldn't be the worst thing. But
1: um, I, I have it's... very little sympathy for, for Harry Kane and Dele Alli about how much they earn. And if they said that, I think I'd point out that Bale has two goals in two different Champions League finals. So if they could have just done <laughs> us a solid last year, then you know what? You can have your extra money, but you didn't show up. So mm-hmm. good night. I think we all know
3: what Bale's going to bring. So he's not going to be the same guy he was, but that that touch of class in the final third, we know we can expect that once he gets up and running. Um, the, I think the more interesting one is actually Reguilon, that left back. What he means to the team is it's a completely different left back to what we have. Um, and obviously, the rumours have been going on all, all, all transfer winner about Ori moving on. So are we finally going to see the end of the lopsided defence and have a bit more of a balanced? But either both go or one goes and everyone sits, but they actually rotate.
1: I'd love to see it. Um, and Region is is I mean, on the scale of sort of like Asuakoto to Staalpiri to some of our previous
0: <laughs> players
1: are filled in in these guys. Asuakoto
0: was an absolute king.
1: <laughs> he his was first touch flashy. is so underrated. He did
0: not care. He did no interest <laughs> in football. He only cared about his collection of Ford Mustangs.
1: He drove to work in a smart car. That is the dream. I do, I do agree, though. I think, I think with Ash, he would, I would love to see us not play this lopsided sort of Ben Davies four system, which is essentially Ben Davies doing nothing because he won't, he won't go forward and he won't be a centre-half, so he just kind of exists on the basis that he has a left foot. I also don't like Ben Davies <laughs> because he would be potentially, I'm going to throw this out there, the most boring man in the Premier League to go for a pint with. Can anyone <laughs> think of someone worse? Daniel Levy. He walks
0: around like an awkward dad. He sit down with Jose Mourinho at lunch and goes, so, uh, you've been coaching some football today. It's, it's like um, when like a dad is out of touch with his 14-year-old daughter and he's just trying to talk to her about what he feels Do you, do you like pop music? And He just walks around very awkwardly. I think he'd be a much worse person
3: to go for a pint with. I do turned it up uh, more than a little clip of him with with um, Jose Mourinho talking about Harry Winks and obviously Harry, um, Jose Mourinho talks about oh he's, he's passed him forward more which I'd argue against but he, anyway, he's given some proper football <laughs> analysis and um, and um, Daniel Levy just obviously sits there and after an awkward couple of second silence just turfs up with, oh well, he runs a lot as well doesn't he? <laughs> <And he's just laughs> the most proper football lad
2: <laughs> Yeah I'm, I'm, I can't help but think David Moyes would be a pretty dour
1: pint <laughs> he's definitely he's, he's buying a stout let's be real he's definitely getting a stout
0: what concerns me most about this bail stuff how we've gone from close to very close to very very close is it's all got a touch of the Dabala's about it and that rumbled on and on and in the end it, it never actually happened and it, i'm sort of getting a little bit of ptsd from it
1: i don't really mind who we who we get in what i care more about is that we, we rotate the squad in this game. I'd love to see Sir can go, get a go at left back. I'd love to see sort of rest the right players. And then you got Southampton on the weekend. And that's the real, that's, that's for me a much more important game, uh, to be honest. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing that.
0: OK, a little bit of trivia for you. Bale and Kane have both played in a Spurs shirt in the same match before. So don't cheat if you already know the answer. But can you tell me the game Uh,
3: and the result? Yeah,
1: unfortunately I
3: can. (laughs) Unfortunately I can. I saw it earlier, actually. Um, I don't know if anyone else was to give it a guess first.
1: (laughs) No way. Not a Scooby. This is a fantastic (laughs) little
3: bit of trivia. If I remember correctly, I think Kane came on with about eight minutes left. Something like that. Either way, I think I know the game. (laughs) I think it was the 2-1 defeat to Pauk, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Uh,
0: Pauk-Salonica with with 10 men-Salonica. Yes. We were (laughs) 2-0 down within 15 minutes. Um, There, the man sent off in the 39th minute. And then Modric scored a penalty in the 39th minute. So I'm putting two together there. Um, Harry Kane started that game up front with Jermaine Defoe came off after 71 minutes, and Gareth Bale came on as a substitute in the 62nd minute. So they collectively played nine minutes together uh, in a game that we lost at home. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fantastic squad. It really takes me back. Uh, 2011 it was, uh, 30th of November. So you already know that Kane and Defoe started up front. Throw in some more names. Who else started that game?
3: Uh, Jim Bonda.
0: No. Aciocoto. No. <laughs> yes, Bassong was the captain.
1: <laughs> Michael
0: <Dawson? laughs> No, no
3: Dawson. Is uh, some Palacios still about? No. Shaw Luca. Correct.
0: Aaron Ennen. Yes.
1: Kyle Walker. Much like today, we're missing centre mids apart from Modric. <laughs> <We though. are.
0: laughs> um, Kyle Walker came on as a substitute. It wasn't like Jake Livermore or Hudson, was it? Jake Livermore, yes. Yeah. There we go. And, William uh, Gallas. <laughs> yes, correct.
3: My God. <laughs> yeah.
0: And South Africa's finest. Oh,
3: what, Stephen Pienaar. Yeah. Not Benjamin Kamali then. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
0: Uh, do you know who uh, replaced Kane as a substitute?
1: Darren Bent.
0: No. It's pretty Have obscure. Change, More obscure than that.
1: It's one of those youth team players that you see their name once and then they go.
0: Yeah, that Phil I feel was. something. It, wasn't it, was a, it was a foreign youth player that we signed who never really kicked on. Diego Falca. Ah, of course. So, Southampton at the weekend. We touched on it. Let's see scores and the doors. Let's go around. What do we think
3: will be the result? I'm going one 0 Spurs. I can't see it being the most entertaining game with, you know, with loads of goals, um, and I can't see us being as boring, um, as slow to press, ha- as toothless as we were against Everton.
2: I'm gonna say one all. It's got one all getting all over it. I actually think Southampton have quite a good season and they're okay. I think it would suit both sides to get a draw from one another already. Uh, and Absolutely nothing
1: about it excites me, so I'll just go for a one-all. <laughs> my, I'm my, my head says to follow Jim, as, as often it does, but I'm going to go with my heart and say a 2-0 win based off the fact that I don't think Deli will start and hopefully... And Dombele comes in in midfield. And if, I, if those two things happen, I would back us to get 2-0 win, probably a Kane penalty and something something scrappy.
0: My heart tells me it could be an exciting 4-2 win. And my head tells me we'll lose 2-1 and Danny Ings will score. <laughs> it, it's got that
1: kind of feel to it that there'll be a late goal feels like it'll rain. Do you know what but I mean? We, gonna, you're going to watch that game and it's just going to be raining all over. It'll probably be raining on, my, on me when I'm watching it on the couch. It's, it's going to be that bad <laughs> game. That's the experience.
2: It's almost like there's a, a finite amount of excitement that you can have in the Premier League on any given day and or, or any weekend. And last weekend, 80% of it was taken up by League Liverpool and the other 20% was shared amongst the other nine games that were all Pretty dull to be honest.
3: Mm. <laughs> the only question is that in what minute does Wood Prowse score a free kick? 24. <laughs> 43rd. <laughs> 61. Yeah, okay, 77. Either way, he's going to shaft us at some point.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> what are Jose's excuses going to be? That's the that's excitement. We could, we could make that into a regular feature. <laughs> Who's to blame this week?
1: I think he'll be um, at Dombele. He'll, he'll bring in Dombele into the starting lineup, and then he'll, he'll sort of take him out to the media and hang him out to dry again. Fen, what would be your, uh, you know, if we're talking about making our, our prediction for the Jose excuse of the weekend, I think he's going to blame in Dombele. What do you think?
0: There has been a concerning lack of talk about uh, any sort of VAR, And it's disappointing that Jose uh, blamed physical referees for the fault of the goal at a weekend and not virtual referees, which is sort of the current COVID mood, really. Uh, everything is virtual. So let's have a pop at VAR again. Let's bring that back. Uh, and you could quite see a Spurs 93rd minute winner that gets VAR'd, couldn't you? That'd be quite a, an appropriate <laughs> in the rain. That sounds like something far more horrific. God, to see what happened at the weekend, you got absolutely wild. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: and on that got, lovely note, <laughs> yes, I'll bring this to a close. Thank you very much uh, for listening. Uh, hopefully, we'll be with you again next week to talk about whatever happens at Div, uh and if we actually get a result at Southampton. So, see you next time.